Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter more about alcoholism, page 37, the second paragraph. You may think this an extreme case, ending with how it could have happened, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Rhonda L., 12 traditions, Joni C., and reading the text are Nancy R., Ramona A., and our backup is Susan S.H. The newcomer greeter is Karen W., and the host of the second hour is Barbara P. The reference numbers for Monday, October 24th, 2022, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 19,551. That's 19551. And for the 10 a.m. is 19,552. It's 19552. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rhonda L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rhonda L., compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. 
Thank you, Rhonda. Okay, I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Joni. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 37, the second paragraph. You may think this is an extreme case, reading through that whole paragraph, ending with how it could have happened. And I will ask Nancy R to begin reading. Hi, this is Nancy, our recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. You may think this an extreme case. To us, it is not far-fetched. For this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences. 
but there was always a curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. Next day, we would ask ourselves in all earnestness and sincerity how it could have happened. Ah, there are so many um, days in my life where I have asked myself in all earnestness and sincerity how it could have happened. And I'm grateful um, that in studying the big book, I have learned, you know, that this is an obsession of my mind and that it's just part of my disease. And most importantly of all, that I have a solution working these steps keeps me from picking up, from acting on these strange ideas like Jim had and of clearing up my buildup of human emotion like Jim had so that I have relief from my strange mental twist. Um, And you know, this story is so not far-fetched. You know, I see as we study through this section of the book, big book, how my obsession of the mind just brings me to these crazy decisions all the time. And I'm so grateful that I haven't acted on them, that I have used the steps to get relief from them. And that's all I have. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, um, Nancy, for getting us started on this second paragraph on page 37. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you haven't shared um, on Monday or, or Friday, uh, who would like to share? Star one to unmute. Monica K, California. Katie G from Boston. Monica K, G. Barbara T from Paris. Julie P. Vanessa L. Okay, let me tell you who I have. I have Monica K, Katie G, Barbara G, Judith S. P, Claire E, Julie P, and Vanita L. And I think there was, I feel like there was one person I missed. Was there anybody I missed? Okay. Well, then we'll go with this one. Sherry Monica. H. Sherry H. Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll stop there. Um, okay, Monica K. Followed by Katie G. Go ahead, please, Monica. Star one to unmute, Monica. 
Good morning. My name is Monica Kay from California. Thank you, Kate, for your service and everybody else for yours. Um, So this paragraph tells me that <clears throat> the kind of thinking has been characterized of every single one of us. So how can I know that it's every single one of us? And I don't even have to know, but I see that it was Jim and it's me. So I learn by doing the steps right now and talking with my sponsor that um, My thoughts are the same like my sponsor, only the names change. So my thinking is he should be nicer, she should be smarter, they should be more compa compassionate to me, um, I'm not good enough, I should be skinnier, I should be exercising more. So the thoughts are like all the same, just names change. So. What I learned from the steps is that, and working the program here, that um, uh, I have a thought that, you know, my life should be different, but I'm eating over it. Um, I'm eating over the, the thing so fast that I cannot even notice how angry I am at the world. So the food is keeping me from the real, real problem, which is I am enraged. I'm afraid. I on my resentment, I have a uh, I had over hundred fears, so I'm not able to see the real truth of why am I eating actually because there is so much pain and hurt. So for me to put the foot on the side, and it's so painful without the spiritual solution, which is God or a higher power, something that it gives me so much strength and so much love to see the real truth. And again, I couldn't see that by um, even going to church or studying Bible or reading spiritual books. The only solution I was able to find is by working the steps with my sponsor, who I am forever grateful because she showed me the solution. So it's um, it's the phenomenal, the, the mental phenomenon is that my mind is very unreliable. My mind tells me, oh, you can have one cookie or you will be... Uh, exercising right now and then it's five minutes later no you shouldn't be exercising or call this person three seconds later no don't call this person it's very like ups and downs and sides and it's exhausting so by working the steps talking to my sponsor and coming to the real thing which is my resentment and fears um, on a daily basis I'm finding a solution that is God and that is um phenomenon and that it's the other phenomenon is just so beyond my real thinking and um fine please thank you and i will pass thank you okay katie g you're up followed by barbara g good morning katie f this is katie g recovered from anorexia bulimia and compulsive eating in boston yeah you know what really um what really hits me today is um, that I, in my disease, I rationalize, I justify, and I defend my right to do things. And I remember um, when I started into like the my my fall, I remember saying to myself, 
it's okay. Like other people are getting on the scale. And if you don't relate to that, like just substitute eating candy bars. Um, other people are exercising and not taking quiet time. Other people do this. And I remember a recovered woman said to me, you don't have a problem with exercise, put it down for 30 days. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you might be that sick, but I'm not. And um, and what's amazing, this phenomenon, like a difficult to explain, is I can tell you, like every time, so I've had a couple babies in program, and I, I would stop exercising, right? But that wouldn't take away my illness, right? And so I would start exercising, and what I really relate to is that like next day, next month, all of a sudden I'm like, what happened? What happened? Like all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, how am I exercising two hours a day when I started off a half an hour? Like I literally, it is this curious mental blank spot that I don't remember the in-between Right, that that um, sound judgment doesn't help me with. Like I can't, I can't think. I have a mental illness that tells me I'm victim to my emotions, you know. And I love too that it talks about um, insanely trivial excuse to eat. Like how, like everything in life for me is an ex- is insane, insanely trivial excuse. I remember one time a guy um, broke up with me, and I was like, well, now everybody's going to understand. You know, and and what's amazing for me today is I don't have these mental blank spots. I don't have these, like, lapses of time where I was so dishonest I don't even know where I am or who I am, right? And um, I'm not cured. I have intensive work with other women that will help me stay away from this a day at a time. And the most amazing thing, too, is that um, it talks about... In a recovered state of mind and body, do you know that we can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does? That nothing in this world can make me eat? That nothing in this world can make me lie? The most important thing I do today is I connect to God, and I do it through these 12 steps. Um, And if you are new or you're in relapse, please join us. Get honest. Tell us what's going on for you. There is a solution, and that one is God. May you find him now. That's it. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Barbara G., you're up, followed by Judith S.P. Hi, Katie, and good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara G. I am a very grateful compulsive overeater and very grateful to be with you all this morning. And uh, uh, when I heard the paragraph, I thought about... uh, Um, a very releasing question uh, that my sponsor used to ask me at the beginning, and it was, do you think you are terminally unique? I didn't very much like it when she asked me this question at the beginning because my ego was uh, quite hurt. But uh, little by little, especially hearing her sharing her story and making me see how much a recovered person was exactly like me, little by little after seeing that, that question started to be a relief and it stopped being something that made me feel uncomfortable or hurt. And um, and then the two words that stood out to me in this paragraph are insanity and reason. Insanity uh, that, of course, uh, as a compulsive reader, I have ex- 
experienced in the many ways I have tried to eat my compulsive foods over and over again, believing and hoping and uh, swearing that it would be different this time. But also the insanity can, uh, uh, as I heard in previous shares, uh, um, be declined in so many other different ways in my mind, because uh, as the book says, uh, the main problem does reside in my mind. And uh, it is with the gratitude that I can share that these days I am working on a uh, on an issue with a step one. My sponsor is having me uh, using step one in order to face this situation where I am uh, continuously doing the same thing over and over again, hoping to get certain results. And uh, it was so relieving working on step one yesterday with my sponsor and seeing that what I'm doing in this area of my life is uh, very similar to what I used to do with food. And uh, why was that a relief? Because uh, the second part of the work that she had me do was, uh, do you believe that a power greater than yourself would restore you to sanity, to reason? And of course, I do believe that. Because if God was able to restore me from, to sanity with food, I know without a smidgen of doubt that he can do that with any other issue. So it's uh, with great joy that I wanted to share this with you today because this program fills my life with uh, all I need. And uh, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Judith S.P., you're up, followed by Claire E. Hi, Katie. Thank you for your service and everyone for being here this morning. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. And uh, I felt called and inspired to speak on this today because I'm just so amazed and grateful that I have some sanity now. And sanity, when I looked it up in the dictionary, and I think I, as well as maybe many, can write our own definition because I think it's more elaborate than what the dictionary says. Anyway, it's, it's a sound mind you know, stable, balanced, and insane is totally outrageous. Um, most of my life from, you know, maybe eight on, I don't really know beforehand, I can't recall, um, all my behaviors, particularly around food and my food behaviors and my emotional insobriety were what I considered sane. And most everything else was um, insane. Everybody else was outrageous. Um, And the fact that I wasn't the center of everybody's universe was insane. And so because people, places, and things in my life never cheered me on in that way, the food did give me sanity in the moment in my insane thinking, and I am still clearing out the wreckage of all the emotional damage that I have created, along with possibly um, some precipitants genetically or or, uh, familial that contributed. But these were all my responsibilities, and when I think back on Bill's story, as we've discussed, how many warning signs along the way? You know, if I pick up one stone and another stone from the beach 
and I keep piling them in my knapsack. And by the time I'm finished walking the beach, I have like 2,000 stones. They're going to feel really heavy, and they're going to weigh me down. If I took one, maybe I shouldn't have. I should have just looked at that one and put it down. The same thing with my life. All the warning signs, all the people, all the experiences that I've had, like Jim with the whiskey, you know, I covered it up because my insane thinking was being called upon my inner stuff to say, this is totally okay, Judith. You can scream at that kid. You can do this. You can do that. Go get some of that food. That'll make you feel better. So I am so grateful to be here. I'm still a slow learner. I'm trying to live in God's light and love every moment that I possibly can. And I still run away at times. But you and this program helps me get realigned and balanced. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith S.P. Excuse me, Claire E., you're up, followed by Julie P. Thank you, Katie. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovering compulsive eater in the UK. Um, I love this paragraph. I love Jim's story. I um, I identify so much. And I, I love this the first line saying, you may think this is an extreme case. <laughs> I kind of think, no, no, I don't think that's extreme at all. I think that's entirely logical. And, um, you know, I can really identify with Jim. I've um, I've had a few relapses before, um, too many for my liking, really. Um, but, you know, I have been the person who made a start, who didn't really continue, who failed to enlarge and, 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 and improve my spiritual life. Um, and then, you know, found myself resentful one day, put myself in a dangerous situation, haven't really planned properly, haven't really, you know, and then the insane idea has occurred to me. So for me... This isn't an extreme case at all. This is the story of my life. This is the story of every relapse I've had. Um, and, you know, that sort of thinking is, is, is absolutely something I'm very familiar with. Um, and, you know, reflecting on consequences, this, the next rest of this paragraph to me describes what I feel like when I'm white knuckling. You know, I'm trying to think it through. I'm trying to remember what it's like. Um, I'm fighting that, that, that thought that's saying, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? doesn't matter. You know, press the effort button, whatever it is. Um, and I, there's the other sound reasoning going, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Make a phone call. Get back to a meeting. Do this. Do that. You know, there's that battle going on in my head, that parallel sort of sound reasoning with the insanity that I can, I can be quite aware of that. And I absolutely know that that's a really unpredictable amount of time I can sustain that. And the insane idea always will win out. And, you know, I was listening to a speaker this weekend and I've heard it before and I love this, is that step one isn't don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. Step one is it is inevitable that I am going to eat. This is going to happen to me over and over again. My broken brain cannot outthink my broken brain. And if there's that battle going on, the insane idea will always win out and that's you know thank god for that comprehension today that i don't have to engage in that battle that is a completely pointless battle i will lose every single time and um i have inadequate power to resist the insane thinking um and my power has to come from something greater than me and the way i access that power is to work the steps and you know instead of sitting there fighting the insane thoughts or trying to reflect upon consequences 
um, you know, what I need to do is throw myself into the solution that I know that works. And, you know, exactly the opposite of what Jim was doing really is you know, <laughs> to try and improve and, and perfect my spiritual life, to get into the program, to not allow resentment to build up, to not put myself into dangerous situations. Um, and then I won't be a victim of this insane thinking. And, and um, you know, it's been my experience that way, that when I'm doing that stuff, the insane thinking doesn't bother me. It doesn't creep up on me. It doesn't you know, entertain me. And, I, you know, for anyone that's new, I thought recovery would be white knuckling. I thought it would be day in, day out, trying to resist the urge to eat. And that's not my experience. It's just not there. I don't have... Um, don't have that noise going on in my head anymore thank god and i'm very grateful for it you know the ability to abstain comes comes as a sort of side effect really of working the program um and, Time, um, and it, i will leave it there thank you so much thank you claire e and julie p you're up followed by benita l good morning and I really want to thank everybody for being here. You are all my teachers. This is Julie P. Recovered in Minnesota. And I really need to hear all of you because I also need to remember that I need to be teachable every day. And I'm really resonating this morning with our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. I'm grateful for the food neutrality and the spiritual awakening that I've had through these steps. And I am just amazed at how at this stage of being recovered that my disease seems to be ramping up and trying to wiggle through whatever crack and cranny it can find. Um, and I'm so grateful for the fellows in the program that I can talk to about just what's happening because I don't see that it's my disease. Oh, let's work with a registered nutritionist who told me what my weight should be. So, no, let's go have a pre-op physical and let's, let's ask the second person what my weight should be. So, of course, I got a different answer. So, of course, I'm starting on the mental twist and the spiral going the other direction. Let's get the scale out. Let's lose some more weight. Let's just not eat quite what I'm supposed to be eating on my food plan. I can... And I'm so grateful you all have taught me that this is a sign, this is a symptom of my disease in the background trying to get me to go into relapse. And I am just truly grateful today that I have been able to see that through the help of all of you and my sponsors. So with that, uh, I think I'll keep coming back and I wish you all a blessed day and I pass. Thank you so much, Julie P. Benita L., you're up, followed by Sherry H. And then we'll offer it out for more shares, and we're on page 37, the second paragraph. You may think this an extreme case. We read that one paragraph. Okay, go ahead, please, Benita. Thank you for your service and for all who are doing service to keep this meeting available to us all. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much speaking to participate, to belong. Um, but yeah, it's really, I find sponsoring and talking to newcomers really helpful for me because it 
keeps it reminds me constantly of how that thinking goes, you know, and it helps keep me more alert to when my mind starts to, you know, be like, well, I wonder if, you know, wonder if I could try that or, oh, it's been so, it's been so long and, you know, I haven't done this or that. And, you know, maybe the allergy is not that severe in me and I can get away with this or that for a little while. Or So, yeah, I love that it says it's not, um, it's not an extreme case, and I think most of us all can relate to um, this paragraph. And someone, I think, just recently gave the definition of sanity, and I looked up insanity and thought a severely disordered state of mind usually occurring as a specific disorder. And it's amazing how self-destructive I was. Um, it's kind of a tricky thing, right? Because the food was my solution, right? But it was also my problem. So I had to learn to mature and just start feeling these emotions and learning how to work through them and learning how to deal with difficult situations and learning how to um, ask for help and not try to rely on myself all the time that there were people I could trust. And I'm just super, I don't feel like I totally understand the mental twist or the mental obsession, but I'm super grateful that the program works for me to um, be sane or relatively sane. Thank you. Thank you, Vanita. Okay, Sherry H., it's your turn. Hi, this is Sherry H. from Florida, and um, I am um, very grateful and recovered, and I'm so grateful to learn about this program. I'm in my mid-50s and only learned that OA existed um, about this time last year, and um, I'm so grateful that uh, earlier in uh, 2022, I found vision um, and um, and was able to recover with a wonderful sponsor. So I I am I just wanted to share this. I love this passage because um, because for my entire life I went to doctor after doctor and program after program diet program after diet program after diet program. And I would say things like, I'm a smart person. I don't know why this keeps happening. I don't know why. I never talked about, you know, the binging that I did at night. But I, and people would say, well, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z. And and I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. The people I worked with would see me go up and down 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds year after year after year. And I was just, I was so embarrassed. And what this program has taught me is that, one, I'm not alone. And two, there's this mental phenomenon that my brain was tricking me into starting up again. And not only that, but the physical allergy. I I just didn't understand. And um, I just, I'm just so grateful that I have more understanding and I know that I'm not alone. And um, this story is a great example of, of you know, the repeated experience I've had in my life. And um, 
you know, I'm just I'm just grateful for this program and to listen to all of you and and um, for passages like this and for meetings like this. And I think it saved my life. So thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Sherry. Okay, so if you haven't shared on the last um, uh, two days on Friday or Monday, um, if you would like to share on this second paragraph on page 37, press star one and give me your name and the first initial of your last name. Joanne P. Okay, I heard Joanne P. And Bonnie V. Bonnie V. Alexis N. Alexis. Nina W. Florida. Nina W. Ramona A. Ramona A. Anyone else? Mary G. Mary G. Okay, we could probably take one more. Is anyone else who wants to throw their name out? Christina okay. L. I'm sorry, I didn't hear either one of those. What was it? Blanca BC. Blanca. Okay, Blanca. Christina BG. L. If there's time. Christina L. Okay. We'll see. People seem to be taking two minutes today. So, um, okay, so I have, I think it was Joni B. Bonnie V, Alexis N, Tina W, Ramona A, Mary G, Blanca B G, and Christina L. Go ahead, please, Joni. Star one. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P from Pennsylvania. Oh my goodness, that compulsive overeater. So thankful for another day of abstinence. Reading this paragraph just reminds me that I spent most of my life in insanity and not knowing it. Um, this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. When I found OA and read the doctor's opinion and realized that I had this mental twist, that I had this food allergy, I suddenly realized what was going on in my life. And it was, it was pure insanity. The, um, yeah, the battle, the fight. <laughs> I was fighting everything, the food, yeah, um, everything in my life I was fighting. So I feel like right now, having been in this program for two years and two months and um, working through the steps four times, having relapsed, and now... Um, yeah, now just being abstinent for, I guess it'll be seven months at the end of this month. I I feel like I'm part of a miracle, a part of a miracle that was divinely inspired. And honestly, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would still be doing this. I would still be thinking <laughs> insanely about how I could do it my way. and. Um, yeah, I'm just so grateful to all of you. I've learned so much. I feel like this program and uh, our 12 steps and visions and our fellowship 
and the unity of our fellowship is, um, yeah, it's just divinely inspired. And we are all part of a miracle if we can follow these steps and um, surrender one day at a time. And I'm just so grateful to all of you, especially to my sponsor who helped teach me yeah, what I need to know and um, what I believe. So thank you again, and oh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Joni N.P. and Bonnie B., you're up, followed by Alexis M. Good morning, everyone. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. I'm, I'm, I'm every single day amazed at how um, every paragraph has just nugget after nugget of information. There was a season in my life when I first came into vision where I, I um, found it hard to find one thing in a paragraph to talk about. And now sentence after sentence screams at me. Um, and it's the gift of I can see for the first time, right? Um, so, so the entire thing, you may think this is an extreme case. Um, I didn't tell I didn't. This is my story, and I think this is what binds us together. This is the stories for most of us. We can't see what we can't see. We come in thinking, this is nuts. And then when we step back for a little bit and we take a look and we dive in, we realize, this is my story. This is what it's been my whole life. And there were stages for me. First, it was like, why? And then it was like, who do I blame? And then in the end, um, it went from always being curious about what was going on to total acceptance of as much as I'd like to have blue eyes, I have brown eyes. And it's okay to have brown eyes because brown eyes are, brown eyes are exactly what I'm supposed to have. Um, the gift of the surrender. The gift, the gift is being able to no longer wonder, what is it? But to, but to know on the inside instantly, okay, there's a tilt. And how do I know that? Because I'm no longer focused. I don't have that happy, joyous, and free. The gift is the revelation of seeing it for what it is. The gift isn't necessarily um, the perfection because that for me was a character deficit. It was not an asset. Um, It was a deficit for me. That was part of my disease. The gift is I'm not centered. I can see it. I'm not centered. How do I know that? Because I'm not happy, joyous, and free because I don't have that thing on the inside that, thing that says, how can I prefer others ahead of myself today? What can I do to die to myself for other people today? And that's where I began to live. And did the, did the insane idea went out over and over? Yes. You know, as I did my history on this whole thing, craziness. But that's what brought me to where I'm at. And that's the gift that I share with other people. Because if I didn't have a story, I don't think people would lean in. If I didn't have chapters of I have relapsed, and I have done this, and I have gone here, and I have thought that, I don't think others would lean in. I think they would walk away saying, I'm not one of you. So the entire program is the gift. Um, And yes, it may have seemed far-fetched on the front end. On the back side, the gift is saying it's not far-fetched at all. It's in my DNA. How could I expect something different? But the ultimate prize is there is a solution. And so for today, for the next 20 seconds, I have the freedom of choice because of the Savior, because of my God. And so um, with that, I will pass. And thank you so much, everyone, for your service. 
Thank you, Bonnie V. And Alexis Ann, you're up, followed by Tina W. Hi, this is Alexis N. from Florida. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, wow, there are so many things in this passage that compel me to share, but the first thing that stands out to me is where it says, this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. Um, even before I came back to the program this summer, which is when I really started working the steps in earnest, with an abstinence sponsor from Vision for You. Um, well, she's not, I didn't meet her on Vision for You, but she told me about Vision for You when I met her um, in person. So I had been practicing something called self-compassion, which is actually a three-step process different from self-care. And the second step of that is common humanity. When you take the moment to pause and look at the things that are difficult for you, you tell yourself, and this, this situation, other people are dealing with this too. I'm not the only person that feels that way. So when I came back to the program and really started connecting with people for the first time through the network I've built with Vision for You, I started really feeling that common humanity. And that helped me get a daily reprieve. That helped me build some of the longest abstinence I've, I've had since I came to the program in 2020. Um, at which point I just was relapse after relapse after relapse. And with each of those relapses, I didn't always reflect deeply and think about the consequences. But now that I have this network and this common humanity and these wonderful people to talk to every day, I reflect. I reflect deeply. And I have had one slip since um, the summer when I came back. But that slip... <laughs> didn't last three, four months like it has in the past. That slip was brief, and I reflected deeply upon the consequences of it. And when I really asked myself, how did this happen? How did this happen? It was truly, earnestly, and with sincerity. And I continued to work the steps, and I continued to do the work. And now I'm grateful for yet another day of abstinence, another day of you know, speaking with people for 10 steps and writing my inventory every night and doing outreach every day and even finding myself able to help newcomers right now. And I'm just so grateful for everything I've gained from this program and from a vision for you. Thank you for letting me share with that. I pass. Okay, thank you so much, Alexis N. Tina W., you're up, followed by Ramona A. Hi, this is Nina W. from oh, Florida. Okay. It's okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so I really, I really like um, what's been shared about the justification and the rationalization. And then again about like just thinking about how my character defects come up and, and what that brings me into. Like for me, I've come to realize relapse is part of my story as well. And I felt like this story, I was like, how could it happen to me again? Like, I really, truly felt like I was doing everything that was asked of me, but that's, but I wasn't being honest with myself. Like for me, the program is all about the willingness. And typically there's always that little thing, that one thing that I'm not willing to do. And normally it has to do with making phone calls more or sharing on the vision line more or doing some something that I'm uncomfortable with. And God will give me that little nudge and give me that little, that little feeling that says, 
to try to do this and to push myself through, you know, my comfort zone because I've come to realize being in program that being uncomfortable is where growth happens. And so when I, when I feel that little nudge inside of me, that's what I typically try to do because that's, that's what happened to me the last time. I literally thought I was doing everything that was asked of me, but I wasn't. I didn't have the willingness to be reaching out to the women that I needed to be reaching out to more because um, I'll rationalize and justify that I don't have time, that I'm busy, et cetera. It can go on forever. So um, I really appreciate the shares because I could, it resonated with me and, um, and it made me, and it made me have the courage to share. And that's where my willingness comes in today. So thank all of you. And I pass. Thank you, Nina. Okay. Ramona A, you're up, followed by Mary G. Uh, hi, good morning. And I'm grateful for all the people who helped here and keep this meeting going. I'm Ramona A. in Vermont, a really grateful Hubbard compulsive overeater. And when I read this paragraph, you know, of course, now it resonates with me, but when I was young, I don't think it would have resonated with me. I thought, I'm doing okay. I've got a good job. I've got, you know, a home. I've got a family, a husband, a son. This isn't. This doesn't pertain to me. I'm doing okay with all my thinking and whatever. And I just feel a little crazy around food. I mean, what would, what kind of thinking would say, I just lost all this weight, and now I pass a little grocery store. Oh, I can go in because nobody will think I was fat, you know, and nobody will think it's odd for me to have a candy bar. Or when I was... Uh, you know, just go to a family reunion or anything like that, or a party, and just the very physical presence of the food. You know, I didn't have to have any reason at all. And I know that sounds more like bread, but I can be very, you know, just upset or emotional or whatever and say, I've got to have this food. Or, you know, everybody will think I'm strange if I don't eat like them. So... So whatever the reason, it was always a little bit crazy. Or what would say when I've been, even in OA, been abstinent for a few years and had guests for dinner and I was serving them something I hadn't eaten in years and all of a sudden I just ate it, you know, what, whatever the reason. Well, I just wanted it. So it always was insanity, you know, and when that was that happened, I knew... From OA, you know, I knew what I had so far in, in learning that it was progressive. The disease was progressive and it was progressing in me. But it was only when I came into vision that I learned, started working with the big folk and just learned about this twofold part of the disease. You know, the allergy, and I knew that because if I took something that wasn't good for me, I would crave it, really crave it. And it was Sometimes the only reason that I ate was because I couldn't not eat, you know, because I'd eaten something and, and I just had to have the, another, you know, like the third dessert or something like that. But the the obsession of the mind, and of course that obsession was part of why I went back and ate again, but it was with all kinds of other things too. So that obsession was what really... Um, kept me going, you know, in the food. So it was only in coming in and really working the steps, all the steps. I don't know if any sponsor had taken me through all the steps before. 
you know, I joined Vision and worked with the big book. So worked in all the Time, steps. please. Okay, and just the clarity of that and and uh, gave me the the faith of God, <laughs> the mental, you know, the um, spiritual awakening that I really needed for recovery. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Ramona. Okay, Mary G., you're up, and Blanca B.G. and Christina L., hopefully you can stick around for the second hour because we only have less than three minutes. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. All right, hi, this is Mary G. right outside Chicago, Illinois. Um, this sentence is all, always was almost like a tongue twister for me. The, you know, there was always the curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning. You're inevitably ransom insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink, you know, yada yada. Um and and I have to like visualize it. To me it it, it it's like um almost like a like a like a battle or like a fight. It's like we have, you know, our curious mental phenomenon verse our sound reasoning, you know, that that the insane idea verse our sound reasoning. It's always those two against each other. And every single time, as far as I could remember, the insane idea always won out. It always won out. And I remember the first time reading that and, like, getting that sentence, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And it did. I always was able to find some sort of, um, you know, rationalizing or, you know, some trivial excuses, it says here, every single time. And so, so for me, that reminds me of like the evilness of this disease. It's, it's, it's evil, it's cunning, it's baffling. And again, with that, you know, that, that image of, you know, the two fighting each other. So what, what, goes up against evil and this cunning and bafflingness. I, I, I believe like serenity, grace, um, my higher power is what could combat that. So um, that's kind of what um, came to me with this paragraph. And um, I'm so grateful for this meeting. So many hearing people speak, it's so true, like how God speaks through others, and, and I'm, I'm so happy I got on the line this morning because I've heard some things that I really needed to hear today, and I'm grateful for you all, and with that, I'll pass. Okay, well, thank you, Mary G., and we have less than 30 seconds, so I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Uh, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, October 25th, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,554. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ramona A. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.